Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself, Frankie Nicolazzi. And Marcus Smith. We are here in our usual home of Northeast Queens recording this. And um, yeah, Frank, tell us what we got in store today. So today is a very exciting episode. Um, and I think it's a good way to sort of reflect on uh, the past three-ish months that we've been doing this. So our first episode, for those of you who have been with us that long, was on demoing, right? It was about, you know, Marcus and I were both looking for new tennis rackets, made wanting to make a switch, which if you're a seasoned tennis player, you know, that's a very, very big deal, right? You have a very emotional connection to your tennis racket and your string setup, and but tennis players get very finicky about and about their setups. So. Unfortunately, physical too. It's a, you get very used to the way a racket feels in your hands and your arm. So it's, uh, it's a, pretty you is a pretty unique thing you know sometimes my girlfriend actually gets jealous when i hang around my tennis racket so yeah uh, i don't i don't have that problem but you know <laughs> that's fine <laughs> um but uh but for now you, you know there's like an emotional connection um to your to your tennis racket and and so that was that was the the first episode that we made and you know, we've been doing this for three months now. We have a lot of people who have either, you know, started to listen to us now and, you know, we've changed the format a lot. We've gotten real equipment. We actually kind of know what we're doing at this point, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that first episode that, by the way, has the most views at 48. Shout out to everyone who listened to that one. Um, we've got a bunch of DMs personally on your side and my end and through the uh, through the official Instagram. And um, yeah, no, we recorded that basically... Uh, like a bunch of noobs, but you know, we're legit-ish now. Um, and we've had a really good time since. And, uh, you know, reflecting back on that demo episode, um, I, I think uh, I think we're pretty happy with the choices that we made. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you mean by we weren't legit. It's not legit to look up how to use Audacity for three hours before you start recording. <laughs> I mean, listen, all I'm going to say is I'm very glad that we have new art. Because if you saw the art that we had on the first few episodes, it really wasn't that legit. And I'm going to quote Frank here. Um, this is a podcast that I will actually show to my friends now. It's very true. Was not added to um, his Instagram or his <laughs> Tinder bio yet. That's true. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. That's, now that it is. Really so if good. you see someone on Tinder named Frank Nicolazzi, yes, that is him. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then you can get jealous of my tennis racket. <laughs> Um, wow, this is going off the rails so quickly. Um, but anyway, so I think we just wanted to give like a brief update of where we are now with the tennis rackets and uh, our string setup as well, and sort of talk about like uh, you know how it's going a few months later because you know you can make the switch and then all of a sudden a month later after the honeymoon phase you're just like oh this sucks and <laughs> you want to go back to your old racket which I have I heard people doing before like a ton actually so this is like a real thing dude I'm but, telling um, you tennis rackets and you know relationships have a lot more in common than you think yeah I can't wait to write a book on this <laughs> this is how I'm gonna like break out is that that's this this is gonna transition from a tennis podcast to a relationship podcast so quickly listen our demo experience was basically us cheating <laughs> or was us having an open relationship and then we close it off again oh, so man. yeah oh god yeah this is gonna be an all-timer this is gonna be an all-time episode um <laughs> so Marcus to get us back on the rails here give us a brief overview of your racket switch um what you were using before what you decided to switch to um and your string setup as well in case that may have stayed constant may have changed give us give us a little bit of an overview of what you said in that demo 
podcast episode to catch people up. Right. Yeah. So I was using the uh, Head XT Prestige Pro from 2016. I was using it. Uh, I got it at the beginning of college, used it all the way through college and then a couple of years post-grad. Um, I really love that racket. I still do. Um, now it's basically like loving an ex-girlfriend, but that's a little weird. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is too much. We need to stop making these equivalencies. <laughs> Anyways, people. Um, I really did actually really like that racket. However, I was looking for something a little bit more forgiving. Um, I wasn't really playing as much, so I wanted something with a larger racket head size. The Prestige has a 95 square inch head. Um, I'm still using the Selenko Torbite 16, uh, 16 gauge, which I was using on the Prestige. Um, and yeah, I've had a, I can't, I can't complain. I've really had a really good time with the gravity. I actually played a tournament with it. I made the final. I felt really comfortable using it. I didn't feel, um, I mean, I trained for a few weeks with it just to make sure that I could you know, feel like okay with it. Um, but I've got no regrets. I might end up uh, tinkering with the setup a little bit. It might change some strings around, maybe some gauges. We're going to talk about that later. Um, and also maybe some lead tape, maybe a leather grip. I've been thinking about these sort of things. But overall, the base of the racket, been really happy with, and I, I can't complain. Frank, I know that I think you feel the same way uh, about your Radical that you switched to. Let us know uh, what your thoughts are on your new stick. Well, spoiler alerts. That's, that is the racket that I switched to. But for a brief overview of that episode, um, I was using a Bobble Up Pure Aero Tour, which is just the heavier version of the Rafael Nadal racket. Um, I've been using that for a few years. In my junior days, I had used the Bobolot Aero Pro Drive, which is honestly a way better name, and I wish they would have just stuck with that rather than changing it to Pure Aero. I think Pure Aero is stupid, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so shout I, out to Babylon. So I had always sort of used like the Aero rackets. I always liked them a lot, and uh, I just decided that when I started playing you know, competitive USTA matches again and everything. I was like, wow, I, I like the, the Bible. That's a lot of fun. It's a very fun racket, but like probably not the best for like any sort of control whatsoever. Um, and you know, listen, there are people that are able to use it and like still have that control. I am not one of them. Um, that's what I've very much learned. So, you know, I, I tested out a few frames. I've always been partial to either bobble out or head rackets just for the feel of them. And I ended up really coming down to two, which was the head speed and the head radical. And for me, the difference between the two that made the radical the choice was on serve. I noticed that I really just had that extra level of pop with the radical versus the speed was just a little bit maybe too much control for me. The speed pro being an 18 by 20. Uh, spin is also a really big part of my game, as Marcus can probably attest to. So... For me, the 16 by 19 of the Radical just made a little bit more sense. Uh, and I'm very happy with my Switch. Um, I was using either Torbite or Confidential. I kind of alternated between the two um, in my Babolat. And then for my Radical, I've actually started to experiment a little bit. And Confidential, I think, is rock solid in it. I would stick that in, no problem. Like, good to go. Oh, come on. <laughs> and that would be good to go, no problem. Um, I feel like that's definitely a nice go-to string for me there. Um, however, I really wanted to try like rounded polys again for some reason. I don't know what compelled me to do that. Um, so I bought a, like a reel of uh, a set of Luxalon. I threw that in and I was like, wow, this feels nice. I was like, I wish it was a little bit crisper, but like, wow, the control that you get on a and flat cheaper. shot. Is and cheaper. You wish it was cheaper too. Oh yeah. I mean, Luxalon is like 20 bucks a, a set. It's ridiculous, but... Yeah, I was like, you know, like the thing with Confidential and Torbite and any of sort of like these sided strings is on a flat shot, it's like 
something a little bit off about it. It doesn't like completely, you don't get that same pop. Uh, and then with the Luxalon, when you hit a flat serve, it's just like butter. Like it's so nice, so pleasant. Um, so I really enjoyed the Luxalon, but I wanted it to be a little bit firmer. So I ended up trying, as I've mentioned on this podcast a few times, Vice Cannon, um, who I tried Ultra Cable and I was like, oh, this string is hilarious to play with, right? Like the most spin I've ever gotten on a ball, like ridiculous, ridiculous string. Um, yeah, for those who don't know about um, Ultra Weiss Cannon Ultra Cable, like basically if you feel your hand against a string, like you will cut open your whole hand. That's how sharp it is. Ridiculous. And if you go on TW University, like the string statistics, um, it has the highest level of uh, spin, like using like actual statistical measurements by like double over like regular Luxalon, for example, which is just, it's comical. It's, it was a comical string to use, but uh, the feel was just not there after like two weeks. You were just like, okay, like I can't really use this. However, I tried another Vice Cannon string called Silver String, which is basically Vice Cannon's version of Luxalon. And I have loved it. I loved this string. And I told Marcus, like, he's got to try it. It's basically just a crisper, a little bit firmer version of Luxalon. And I've gotten a ton of bite on my ball and while still getting like the same like, oh, I'm using a rounded poly right now. So I can just crush the ball on a flat um, from the silver string. I've really enjoyed it. So I think I'm going to do continue to test like one racket with silver string and one racket with confidential because those are just the two strings that I'm most comfortable with. It's just a matter of, do I want to stick with the rounded poly of confidential? I know it's rock solid. Do I want to stick with silver string? Or the third option is, do I want to do a hybrid, which I have done in one of my rackets and it's pretty good, which is silver string in the mains, the rounded poly, and then the uh, confidential in the crosses, the shaped poly, which I think kind of gives you like a little bit of the best of both worlds. So I might experiment with that. And that's actually something that's been uh, done on tour a lot too. Um, a bunch of the head players like Musetti and uh, not Zverev. No, it might be Zverev. No, no, no. Zverev, Zverev, Zverev doesn't use it. Musetti does it though, where he does uh, Lynx Tour, which is a shaped poly from head. And he does Head Hawk, the Head Hawk Touch, the rounded poly in the mains. Um, so this is like a somewhat common thing on the tour now. Um, so I'll give it a shot, tell you what I think. Um, but if you had to like put a gun to my head of what string I'm taking into a tournament tomorrow, it's probably confidential just because I'm the most comfortable with that at this point. I need just more time with silver string. So, yeah. Uh, so I think I've kind of answered this question, but, uh, what else has changed about your setup since the switch in terms of like strings, grips? Like, are you still sticking with tour bite? Is there anything in you that like potentially makes you want to like, Oh, I want to try X, Y, Z. Yeah. So for one, I actually had my gravities painted black. Um, I was not a fan of the gravity. Oh God. What are you going to say? I was going to say they look sick. That's oh all. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, shout out to uh, custom tennis rackets down in Delray beach, Florida for doing those. If you guys ever want a custom paint job, this guy is the absolute man. He will send you a, you know, he'll send you a quote sheet. He will make sure that you get exactly what you want in your racket. He weighs the rackets and he makes sure the balances are the same. Um, it did come in a little bit lighter, but that's just due to the nature of the matte paint. But that's totally fine because you can just add lead tape. Um, so I did get them painted. That's not really affecting the playability much, so um, it's not a big deal. What I've noticed from playing is that I don't pop.
pop as much uh, since I am using an 1820 now uh, in, uh, in comparison to the 1619 I used to use. So I'm not popping as much and I'm starting to think about experimenting with strings a little bit. I do love uh, Solenco Tourbite. I don't know if I would necessarily switch from that yet. I'd have to try out a different ones. I do want to try the silver string from Weiss Cannon. Um, but I am thinking about going to a lower gauge maybe in the mains or the crosses. I'm thinking about maybe doing a 16L or even maybe a 17 if I want to go a little more extreme. It depends how often I'm playing right now. Um, right now I'm only playing maybe like once a week, so I don't really know how worth it it is. But um, if I were to start playing a little bit more and I want a better feel on the racket, I might switch around to that. Also thinking about a leather grip. Um, I used to use leather grips on all my old head rackets. And I kind of, I'm thinking about missing that feeling like in the hand. Sometimes the head Hydrozord Pro grip is a little bit mushy in the hand, if you know what I mean. So I'm thinking about the, um, basically the leather grip and maybe a different little string setup. Maybe some different, you know, maybe trying out like a shaped poly with a rounded poly, you know, something to mix it up a little bit. Um, Cause I do think that my game has changed a little bit in that sense. I play a lot smarter now i mean nobody on this podcast is going to believe that but i actually do play smarter <laughs> from all my friends um you know I, I don't completely go for broke anymore uh um spin i don't really hit that i, I realize i'm not a spin guy so i'm just like yolo i'm just gonna hit the ball flat you know whatever i do i can hit spin if i want to but not like it's not my main type of go-to game so um otherwise i've really enjoyed uh even the current setup i've really enjoyed the gravity um but i do think it's time to experiment a little bit yeah i think i'm kind of in a similar boat uh, like I alluded to, I think my game has actually definitely changed since I've adopted the racket. Marks and I actually haven't, now that I think about it, we haven't played together in a few weeks, months even, now that I think about it. Because we um, we usually play outside because we live a few blocks away from each other. But obviously with indoor season, like that opportunity hasn't come about as much. And realistically, the only time I play inside is with like my USTA team, something like that. And Marcus probably with LIU or the same thing if he's in like a USTA league, something like that. So... Maybe that's something we'll do as like a little cool Instagram thing. We'll like rent a court for an hour and do that. That'd be cool. Should, but yeah. um, but yeah, I think for me, what what's been the biggest value add with the radical has been the uh, is obviously been the control. But even the control on serve, I think that I've gotten way more variety on my serve now uh, from switching over to the radical because it's given me a lot more confidence in terms of like being precise right so i feel like i'm able to if i want to do like a boomerang you know slice serve i could do that right because i've got a 16 19 i can hit with a ton of spin like that's doable if i want to like hit a big bomb down the middle right down the t like flat serve i can definitely do that that's like the reason why i picked the radical over the speed because i i needed that option and if i just want to hit like a massive kick serve like i could still do that no problem um, and I think that that's been like a really big value add for me from the radical that I just wasn't getting from the Bobolot. The Bobolot, yes, if you want to hit the big bomb down the middle, you can, but it's harder because there's just so much power on the ball that like you're going to miss. I miss long a lot actually when, when I tried to do it and the kicks and slices are great, but again, like you're getting a lot of power. So it's kind of tough to place it like on a line and, and in the right part of the box. Uh, so that's that's been the biggest value add for me with the radical and uh, unlike Marcus, I, I I think the opposite has happened for me. I think I was trying to flatten out the ball maybe at first, and then I realized like no, like my game is spin. Like I don't know who I'm getting here. Like my game is spin. My forehand, like the best part of it is that I can hit with a ton of pace, but like really whip the ball 
So I've actually over the past few weeks just started to go all in on like, I need to just whip this ball back. Uh, and I think that's been really uh, pretty positive for me. Uh, like Marcus also, I think I'm going to go with a leather grip, not even for the weight part of it like that. Sure. I don't, I, I could definitely like be fine with a few extra ounces, but more so for the like feeling of the leather grip gives me like, I can feel the bezels on the rackets, um, bevels on the racket just a little bit more. Um, then with the head hydrosorb, which is a great base grip. I love it. But like, if you're, if you're just used to that leather grip feeling, it's just one of those things that's like you get accustomed to, and I, I just want it back truthfully. So, yeah. And I was actually going to ask you, and maybe we can actually inform the people kind of checking in on this pod. Um, any recommendations for leather grips, any specific brands you recommend? So I think the TW one is probably like a really good value in all honesty, um, relative to the others. However, the leather grip that I have always used, whether I used a valve blot, a head, whatever, is Wilson, uh, the Wilson leather grip. It's expensive, but it's just the one that I'm used to. Um, the TW one is pretty good in terms of like, I think I would use the TW, if I didn't use an overgrip, I would use the TW one because the TW one absorbs sweat and moisture just a little bit more. But I don't use leather grips for that. I just use them to be like really thin and I can feel the bezels, like I said. Um, bevels bevels it's bevels yes. yeah jesus um bevels i actually throw an overgrip on top of the leather grip so um so for me that the wilson just accomplishes that a little bit more um but if i was going no overgrip uh which like older members of our audience may do um i would absolutely use the tw one i think that's a great great value and uh yeah, it's really well constructed. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I've always um, there are a couple of all those side brands that make like it, they're kind of known for their leather grips. My buddy just sent me uh, one the other night. I'm gonna go check that out. But um, Frank, so what what kind of questions? You know, since reflecting back on the whole demo discussion and demo experience that we had, what kind of questions would you add to the discussion? And you know, like the process of of changing your setup once you have the new racket. I know for me personally. And I think you mentioned this before about how people kind of like go back to like their X racket. I think it's really important that if you're going to make the switch that and you're, you know, like you're really sure that you're going to make the switch to actually get rid of your rackets as quickly as you can. Um, what I did was I sold them on eBay. Um, some people like to give them away to a tennis club. Some people just toss them in the trash. Whatever it is, I think it's best if you just get rid of it, kind of move on from that part of your life. Kind of like getting rid of your, you know, ex-lover's, uh, you know, <laughs> get rid of your ex-lover's items from your home. Um, I'm telling you, it, the, the similarities are uncanny, man. Uncanny. But yeah, let, let us know your thoughts. So Marcus advises blocking your ex on uh, Instagram and not responding to the you up text from your ex. Yeah, also. no, yeah, do, do not respond to the, TOA, to the 2 a.m. you up text. Don't don't i can fix him um but uh <laughs> but uh i don't know about that for me I, although i do agree i think that the sentiment i agree with is once you get your new racket you got to fully lean into it no like going back and forth no you know blah blah like stick with one make sure you work on it and like you know there's going to be a period of adjustment but like you need to lean into it and like you'll pay you'll get dividends paid to you by doing that <laughs> So, uh, I, I generally agree with your sentiment. I think for me, the thing that I would add is 
take videos of yourself playing with your old racket and your new racket and just watch those to see how your play style, if at all, sort of changes, especially if you can get a match, like a set, that would be great. Um, that's the best, obviously. So I think that really kind of helps you because you, you'll be able to videoly see your confidence, your shot making, your decision making, all that stuff. I think that's really helpful. Um, the last thing that I would add would be more so to do with like taking an inflection on yourself before you switch of saying like, all right, here are the things that I need to work on on my game and like make a list of like, I need to work on this, 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 this. And and then on the other side, say, here are the things that I think I'm doing really well right now and, you know, write them down. And then say, if I were to change rackets, what from the list of things I need to work on would instantly improve, right? After watching this video of yourself playing, what instantly improved? And then look on the side that you're doing really well and say, well, what has detracted now? Like, what am I losing, right? Because for myself, right, with that decision, it was, okay, I'm maybe not getting as much power as I had before, but I'm gaining so much more control that it's like, this this is fine, and spin-wise, I was like, I'm effectively getting the same spin, right? Because this is something that we've talked about on this podcast is that the main driver of spin is your technique, right? Like, yes, 18 by 20 versus 16 by 19 does make a difference. Absolutely, it does, 100%. But in terms of, like, the difference between two 16 by 19 patterns, I actually feel that the difference is very minimal, um, like from the difference of like the spin that you can generate on like a pure drive versus like mine, a radical pro. Like, I don't think the difference is, is that great as people make it out to be. I think the difference is your form. That's the main driver of any sort of spin generation. Yeah. I mean, someone like me, who's a pretty flat ball striker is not all of a sudden going to be Jack and topspin like Nadal, just because I'm using a pure arrow. Like I'm still going to be hitting the ball relatively flat. Now, will it help when I do actually hit a spinnier ball yeah i'm sure it would i'm sure it would get a better trajectory but you really got to fit your racket to also your play style not your play style to a racket exactly and that's kind of what i'm getting at is like take the racket out and assess your form itself and then from there look at rackets and say what can really accentuate my strengths and help me on my weaknesses um because these rackets do have pluses and minuses all of them um, I think I just bring up the spin one because I think that that's just such like a giant like uh, misunderstanding in the tennis community of like, oh, you're going to use a Babla pure pure arrow. You're magically going to be Rafael Nadal. It's like that does not work. That's not true. Um, spin generation is mainly through technique and form. Do not let anybody tell you otherwise. And it, same goes for the way the string manufacturers uh, market their strings. You know, you can use like the you can use the ultra cable from weiss cannon but if you don't have a spinny stroke i got news for you that ball ain't magically just going to start turning itself so no it's actually going to be bad right because the ball is going to grip the string right if it's shaped like that and it's just going to fly long because you're not you're not (laughs) you're not hitting with any spin it's not good so um yeah i think just just stuff like that is is what i would add um and i think that's uh that's gonna about wrap it up so Thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, give us a 
uh, like on Instagram, give us a follow on Instagram, uh, DM us with any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be on the podcast, we always welcome guests. Um, we have some exciting stuff planned over the next few weeks, months with guests. Um, and, uh, also be sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, it helps the reach of the podcast and it helps us, uh, get outreach to other people who might enjoy this. So thanks for listening and, uh, I'll catch you next time. See you.